You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third edition of Falado on Football, your go-to source for the news, notes, and happenings around the National Football League. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by Big Blue View, SB Nation's fantastic Giants page, and I am your host, Nick Falado. And you know what? We had a bit of a busier NFL week, compared to last week, I should say. A few big contracts to some really important NFL players were levied. Hard Knocks premiered. That was interesting, you know, kind of. Shots were fired by Jets defensive coordinator Greg Williams about Jamal Adams being bored in Seattle's defense, which also prompted Cam Chancellor to go back at him, which is kind of cool. A Seahawks player tried to conduct some covert infiltration operations with the lady friend in the team's hotel. Maybe he should have, you know, done a quick recon of the area. And then we also had a Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Unlimited. Himself, Russell Wilson, said he could possibly unlock another 30% to his game, which would be really scary and somewhat untrue because, well, you know, he's unlimited. But most importantly, teams are out there practicing right now, and we're seeing live reps and talking football, and that's excellent. You can see you follow your teams, but obviously I'm following the New York Giants closely. We see some live reps out there. More to come in this week as well, and we'll definitely be going over that on next week's pod. It's going to be a good time, but let's dive into the big news, and that is George Kittle. So George Kittle just became the 57th highest paid player in the league, but he's a tight end, and he just reset the tight end market. A five-year, $75 million deal, average about $15 million a year, with $40 million guaranteed. And he also got $30 million of that guaranteed at the signing. So let's just say George Kittle became a much richer man as of right now, which is great for him because you got to look at George Kittle, man, and what he does for the San Francisco 49ers. And that's a reason why he got $17 million more in guaranteed signing bonus than someone like Austin Hooper, who just signed with Cleveland, who had $23 million signing bonus this past offseason. That's $30 million more guaranteed at signing than TJ Hawkinson, fellow Hawkeye, which we'll go over in a little bit, when the Lions drafted him, because the Lions like to draft tight ends in the top 10 of a draft, and that's why TJ Hawkinson had that much guaranteed money at the signing. But I'm telling you, man, Kittle's impact in the run and the pass game, it's, it's bar none. I mean, this past year, Kittle ranked first in the league of all the tight ends with more than five targets in yards per route run. It's a stat that provides a better indicator of production than yards per reception or even yards per target. Here's another crazy stat about George Kittle. It's no knock on the Hawkeyes, okay? But obviously, Kittle went to Iowa and he fell to the fifth round of the 2017 draft despite testing like a freak at the combine. He ran a 4-5-2 40-yard dash, which is in the 94th percentile four tight ends, and he had an 11-foot broad jumps. That's 132 inches, ladies and gentlemen, and that's 98th percentile for tight ends. Those were unreal numbers, yet he fell to the fifth round because he played in a run-heavy school with the unimaginative Greg Davis, who was the offensive coordinator through Kittle's senior season. 
And that was until Brian Ferentz, Kirky's son, took over the reins of that offense. Now, there's some stuff going on at Iowa this past offseason that may be a story for another day, but my point is, could you imagine if Kittle was in an offense that was conducive to his success? He would have easily been drafted in the first round with O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, and David Njoku. But that offense prioritized blocking, which definitely helps George Kittle now. But he was a fifth-round pick, and the 49ers just rewarded him handsomely because he wasn't getting paid nearly enough for the impact that he had for that team. But at Iowa, Kittle, he had a whopping target share, ladies and gentlemen, of 1.9% in his freshman year, 0.2% in his sophomore year, and then 6.2% in his junior year. And I don't have his target share for senior season, but he had 23 receptions. So how the heck does that guy not get thrown to and maximized in that Iowa Hawkeye offense? It's an absolute shame, but that's kind of how it is. And the beneficiaries are obviously San Francisco 49ers who just rewarded him. But got to give it to Kittle. He really helped pave the way for other Iowa tight ends. I mean, last year, there were two, two Iowa tight ends selected in the first round. That's a testament to Hawkinson and Fant's skill set, but it's also a byproduct of the success that Kittle has shown in the league. It's a copycat league, and you know what? You shouldn't scout the helmet, but I do feel like some people, they see the helmet, they see that Iowa Hawkeye helmet, and they're like, you know what? This, this team produces some really quality tight ends. But now when we look at Kittle in the NFL, his target share last season was 28%. He had 26% of the red zone target share with Jimmy G last season, handsome Jimmy G. Kittle plays mostly in line, and he dominates as a blocker too, while mismatching on safeties and slot defenders when he is there, which is about 13% of the time, at least in 2019 it was. His presence allows Kyle Shanahan to employ heavier personnel packages, and it does not hurt their rushing attack because he can seal, he can climb to the second level, and he could do so many exotic things as a blocker. He's such an effective blocker, and it really helps that 49ers offense be as potent as they were last season leading the team to the Super Bowl, representing the NFC, but ultimately failing to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year, here's a crazy stat. When Kittle was on the field, the Niners rushed for five yards a carry. When he was not on the field for those two games that he missed, they rushed for 3.5 yards of carry. Now, that's a small sample size, but it's still a significant difference. And Kittle also surpassed Mike Dicka and Rob Gronkowski for the most receiving yards ever by a tight end through the first three NFL seasons. And the total is 2,945 since he was selected in that fifth round. So Kittle is on pace to be one of the more dominating tight ends we've seen in a while we've had some really dominating tight ends over the years with Gronk with Tony Gonzalez with Antonio Gates if Kittle can stay healthy he's right on pace for that and you know what 49ers recognized it paid the man good for them and then Kittle he's not the only tight end whose last name starts with K that got fed this past week literally seemed like no time after Kittle signed his new deal that Travis Kelsey signed his contract extension as well a four-year 57.25 million dollar deal with 28 million guaranteed now this is slightly less than kittle who got his deal done before kelsey so kelsey didn't necessarily reset the market it's also a year less as well but this is also kelsey's third contract he's 31 years old and he's no spring chicken but his play is not declining whatsoever over the last four seasons he's had over a thousand yards which is insane for a tight end back in 2016 he did it 2017 he did it and then 2018 and 2019 he did it 
and he had five touchdowns last year, 97 catches. 2018, he had over 100 catches with 10 touchdowns. So Travis Kelsey is an absolute beast who has been dominating. He led the league last year in tight ends with receiving yards, second in yards after the catch, and first in receptions. Compared to Kittle, Kittle was second in receiving yards, first in yards after the catch, and third in receptions. And obviously, Travis Kelsey is on that high-powered offense with Patrick Mahomes coming off of a Super Bowl victory. So these two players are going to be compared time and time again, and they should be because they're both excellent. Granted, George Kittle has some years on him. He just got his first long-term contract. But Travis Kelsey just locked up that extension, probably his last contract, and good for him because he had 136 targets, a 24.4% target share with a 30% target share in the red zone in a very high-powered offense. There's going to be just so much food for Kelsey just to eat in the red zone. So, again, they locked him up. Kittle gets locked up. And now that tight end market has just been established for these younger tight ends to possibly set the market. Now, you look at Evan Ingram. If he comes out and balls out next year, say he has his career year that every Giant fan has been waiting for, is he going to demand that kind of money? I'm not 100% sure if he would ever get it. So, it really depend on what the market needs for an athletic tight end like him, but he really needs to show it first. So that's kind of the big thing with Evan Ingram. And there are other contracts, too, that may affect the New York Giants next offseason. And that's Kenny Clark, who just got paid by the Green Bay Packers. For those of you who do not know, he's a very talented defensive lineman. He just became the highest-paid nose tackle in NFL history. Now, difference between the three techniques, like Aaron Donald... And guys like Kenny Clark, who's more of a zero technique and a one technique. But he got a four-year, $70 million extension from the Green Bay Packers, making him the 12th highest paid defensive player in the NFL. So he got a $25 million signing bonus out of this. Kenny Clark was a former first-round pick, and the Packers' run defense was not great last year, as we all saw in that NFC Championship game against the 49ers. But this is still very important, and Clark is still a very good player. It's not just on him. But I'm looking around the offseason right now looking around at all of these defensive tackles these bigger defensive tackles who signed contracts dj reader went from houston to cincinnati at the age of 26 four years 53 million dollars so that's about a 13.2 yearly average javon hargrave went to philly sadly because he's such a talented player and he's going to wreck havoc against the giants along with fletcher cox i'm not looking forward to that whatsoever but he gets Three years, $39 million, around a 13 average. Michael Pierce went from Baltimore to Minnesota. He, I think you want, I want to say he opted out of the season, but he got $27 million, which is $9 million average. Now, why am I bringing this up? This is important because the New York Giants have two very talented defensive tackles that are going to be free agents next offseason. It's not good, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Leonard Williams is a lot different because he is very versatile, and you can line him up in many different parts of the defensive line. He can play five technique, you can stand him up, you can put him at that one if you really want to. You can put him at the three, he's quick enough off the snap, he's about 300 pounds, 6'6". Six, six. Then you have Dalvin Tomlinson, who fits the mold more of someone like Javon Hargrave and players like that, like Kenny Clark. Bigger, run-stopping defensive lineman. The thing about Dalvin Tomlinson that is scary, because I think he's a very underrated player. As a New York Giants fan who analyzes their film, he makes so many plays that he doesn't necessarily get the due credit for. He's not jumping out on the sack sheet. That's not the kind of game that he employs. But he is very effective in altering the offense, and the offense really needs to pay attention to him. And I know people around the NFL are aware of this. So I can really see if the Giants don't use a franchise tag on someone like him, 
Or I don't have no idea what's going to happen with Leonard Williams. How are the Giants going to be able to pay these defensive tackles around 14 mil a year? Leonard Williams is probably going to want more if he has a solid season. And then I look at players like DJ Reader and Javon Hargrave and Michael Pierce getting all this money. Dalvin Tomlinson is going to deserve that kind of payday. So he may play himself out of the Giants' price range next offseason, which is really unfortunate because Jerry Reese, we can say what we want about him. He nailed that pick in the second round. A lot of people were like, oh, second round defensive tackle. Is he really worth it? He doesn't really have that much pass rushing upside. But if you ask me, just going over the film, he has done a lot of things that people are not realizing. And I think Dalvin Tomlinson's a very, very underrated player. He's going to end up getting paid somewhere along the likes of a DJ reader. He might even top that contract because that's how this goes. They reset the market. So I look at Dalvin and I say, oh, geez, I hope the Giants can retain him. But let's hope. Kenny Clark, good for you. You got your payday. One more extension to talk about is Deion Dawkins, the left tackle for the Bills. He just snagged a four-year, $60 million extension. Going to bring him through 2024. Now, he was the 63rd overall pick back in 2017, and he was only going to make about a million dollars in that final year, so the Bills thought it was necessary to help get the guy who's going to protect Josh Allen. He's should be theoretically his best friend Dawkins has been durable and he's been a solid player so they locked him up that was a smooth move by the Buffalo Bills and Brandon Bean up there they also locked up their head coach and they extended Sean McDermott who seems like he's probably going to outlast Josh Allen at this point they extended Sean McDermott another four years which brings him through 2025 so it's basically a new six-year deal and it's very very well deserved because McDermott is truly one of the game's better coaches and he's in the AFC East now. You have Tom Brady who vacated the Patriots. You have all those players on the Patriots that opted out for COVID reasons. And then you have the Jets and the Dolphins in your division. Now, I have faith that the Dolphins could potentially grow into a team in the future under Tua Tagovailoa. But I look at the New York Jets, and I have no idea where they're going. I don't know who their weapons are. I'm not 100% sure about their offensive line. And Sam Darnold's entering his third season now second season was riddled with mono and they had a strong finish to the season but i'm not 100 percent sure adam gase is going to be able to be that guy so i'm a little skeptical about them so i'd look at the bills and they could be in a prime spot to make some deep playoff pushes i mean we saw the bills really challenge the houston texans down there in houston in the playoffs and then josh allen made some oatmeal for brains kind of plays some dopey plays but they took that early lead, and we thought it was Deshaun Watson bye-bye time. But Deshaun Watson was like, nah, son, nah, nah, nah. And he led them back, and then the Chiefs the next week did the same thing to Houston. But Sean McDermott's a very, very good coach, very, very sound defense. So that was a really smooth move by Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills as well. So before we get into the rest of the NFL news, let's hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So, good old Greg Williams, Jets defensive coordinator, found himself in the news once again in a little gossip girl type of action between him and uh, the Seahawks because of this little soundbite right here. You know, we're not just a stand, you know, but <laughs> Jamal may get bored there because they don't use their safety type things and all the different complexities of not showing what they're doing as much as we do. We'll do still the same patterns of things. We'll still do a lot of the same exact things, uh, but we'll highlight the people we have here. And as you saw, what we did there was is that he had maybe his most productive year here because of how we highlighted the skill sets that he's had. And I've had a lot of really, really good guys at that position. Over the years, had a lot of really good safeties to be able to build things around. So that little interview, it seems somewhat innocuous, but it could have been taken as a shot at the Seattle defense. But I, I take it more of just how multiple the Jets are with how they employ their safety positions. But this prompted Cam Chancellor to come out and post something on Instagram of him absolutely annihilating a Broncos receiver in the Super Bowl, which, and he was like, yeah, this defense is really boring. And then, obviously, Jamal Adams turned to Twitter because he's Jamal Adams, and that's what he likes to do and he just said Greg just misses me and then he added Pete Carroll and he said it's okay lol he laughed out loud I feel like a lot of this is much to do about nothing but these little headlines in the offseason always catch people's eye and hopefully Jamal will end up being happy out there on the west coast up there in Seattle while he's playing with his name his name's Mr. 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 Unlimited yeah I honestly debate if Russell Wilson is just this huge goober or if he's just trolling all of us, I'm not really sure. But the Seahawks have been in the headlines a lot in this past week because it wasn't just Russell Wilson calling himself Mr. Unlimited, saying that he can unlock another 30%, which would just be ridiculous, like I alluded to before, or Greg Williams and Jamal Adams getting into a little spat, which also prompted other Seahawks players to jump in and all this other kind of crap. But also, undrafted rookie free agent Kamah Sivarin, who was a rookie corner out of Oklahoma State, 
<laughs> he tried to sneak. And this is actual news. He tried to sneak a female into the team hotel by camouflaging her with Seattle Seahawks garb. And obviously he was caught. There are security cameras and he was released. Now, people have needs and I can't begrudge a man for that. But when you have an opportunity of a lifetime laying at your feet and you can crack a roster, make generational wealth for yourself and you fail because of that and you end up getting released and you're probably not going to get another chance because your name is plastered all over everywhere with this kind of shame when you had that opportunity and you you blew it you had it all and you blew it Ooh, the pit of my stomach would be so tied up in a knot but that is just such a dumb 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 move to pull from that rookie out of oklahoma state man hopefully he lands on his feet but you know we all know people got needs but not right now not during a pandemic not when you're trying to make a roster on a very exclusive roster it's very hard to make that was a very very stupid move and other news as well we have alex smith who was activated from the pup list and it looks like he has a legitimate shot to compete for that washington football team's quarterback spot along with Dwayne Haskins, who was a rookie last year, as many Giant fans know, struggled, had a little bit of ups and downs, did not show all that much, was criticized by veteran running back Adrian Peterson for not getting into his playbook enough, uh, left the field to take a selfie with a fan instead of taking that final snap and a kneel down on one of the Washington football team's victories. So Alex Smith, if he can really battle back and win that job, I think Washington would be in a much better place because oh, it depends on his health and how uh active he can be with that leg because i don't know if anybody listening knows everything that happened to alex smith but his recovery and everything he had to go through with that leg how he almost lost it how the man almost died it was legitimately life-threatening and now he has a chance to start in 2020 so that's excellent for alex smith he seems like a stand-up guy really helped pat mahomes early on in his career went to washington and they were actually pretty good when he was a starting quarterback before he got injured and now he has a Good chance to start again. We also had the Jets sign veteran wide receiver Chris Hogan, who was famously with the Patriots for a while. He was also with the Bills, if you want to go back before that. Last year, he spent a year with Carolina, but really just battled injuries. I mean, he's getting up there in age, but he used to be a veteran deep threat. So maybe that's what the uh, Jets are looking for, probably to utilize him as a big slot because the Jets are pretty thin at receiver. They lost Robbie Anderson, and yes, they drafted Denzel Mims, who's a very talented receiver at a Baylor. I got to see him personally down at the Senior Bowl, and he really opened my eyes because I thought he was going to go down there and he was going to struggle with his release off the line of scrimmage because he plays in the Big 12. thought he was going to struggle with his route running because they have a limited route tree out there at Baylor. He did none of those things, and he showed incredibly strong hands. He was very, very physical, and he used every bit of his incredible length. So I think the Jets are in a good place with Denzel Mims for the future, but as of right now, they don't really have that many weapons for Sam Darnold. And they tried to improve this offensive line. Hopefully, Makai Becton can live up to the hype. Hopefully, some of the other George Fant that they signed to a pretty big deal, which was a little bit head-scratching. Hopefully, they can kind of be maximized. They brought in Connor McGovern, which I thought was a really, really smooth move as well. Hopefully, that can work out for the New York Jets. But if the Giant fans, you probably don't want it to, to, to be honest. You know, that crosstown rivalry is a real thing. But the Jets, they're like the younger brothers of the Giants. But it is what it is, right? And speaking of the Giants, more bad news for the New York Giants, I guess you could say. And it doesn't necessarily have to pertain to the team, but twice on Sunday, maybe one's a Monday night, but twice this season, Giants are going to have to deal with a dynamic pass rushing duo of Everson Griffin, who just signed with the team for a cheap 
about $6 million deal. He's 33 years old. And obviously, the great Demarcus Lawrence when he's healthy. So the Cowboys went out and they finally signed Everson Griffin, who was chilling with Jadavian Clowney on that free agent wire for quite some time. And Demarcus Lawrence, Everson Griffin, they're going to pair with Gerald McCoy and Terry Poe to form a very solid defensive line. McCoy and Terry Poe are getting up there in age, as is Everson Griffin, but they still have some left in the tank. They drafted Tristan Hill in the second round last year. They added Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma this past draft in the third round. So they've really built this formidable defensive front. And now that they brought in a really talented edge rusher like Everson Griffin to go opposite of Demarcus Lawrence, it's going to force offensive lines to be put into some precarious situations to where you're going to slide protections. They have no slouches in the middle of that defense. And obviously their linebackers at the second level, they got Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith, Sean Lee is still there doing his thing. Their secondary seems like it's going to be somewhat susceptible. That's one positive, I guess, as Giants fans we can look at, but they're formulating a pretty good defense there. And Rod Marinelli, he's no longer there. They brought in Mike Nolan, who was most recently the Saints linebackers coach, but is probably best known for being the 49ers head football coach back in, I want to say it was 2005. He was only there for a couple seasons. He used to actually be the Giants defensive coordinator back in like 1993. I think he was there for a few seasons as well. Just bounced around the league as coordinator and position coach for the last while. And now he looks to go to Dallas. And Nolan is pretty famous for employing 3-4 defenses, which is pretty funny because the Cowboys really have built their team around being a 4-3 team. They drafted those three stud linebackers. They just brought in Everson Griffin, who was more of a 4-3 guy. They have that defensive line that fits a 4-3, which you have Don Terry Poe, who has played 3-4 nose before, but you also have Gerald McCoy, who you want to get on the field. So I'm interested to see how he's going to employ this defense. All I know is it's not good for the Giants. I mean, Everson Griffin has 74 and a half career sacks, nine forced fumbles. So look out, Daniel Jones. Look out, Andrew Thomas, who has to block either him or Demarcus Lawrence for an entirety of a game. Let's hope it uh, works out for the good old big blue boys. In other news, though, in the NFL, reportedly, ESPN reached out to Sean McVay to be their Monday night football host, potentially. And I just I just want to know what that conversation was like, really. But, hey, Sean, you know, your team kind of sucked last year. I know you're coming off, you know, two years removed from a Super Bowl, but you want to come in to uh, basically be our head guy here at ESPN? Do you want to? Sean McVay, why would he want to leave his job right now? I mean, yeah, the Rams have kind of taken a decline, and Les Snead has not replenished the talent there. I really feel bad for Jared Goff because that offensive line, I have a lot of question marks about, and I don't think Jared Goff is – a talent like maybe Carson Wentz who can really elevate a team despite having really a lot of lackluster things around him. And you got Cam Akers, who's a really talented rookie from Florida State, but how is he going to run if the offensive line can't move the defensive line? That's usually how football works. But ESPN is just getting somewhat desperate, I guess you could say. I mean, they really, really seem like they missed John Gruden, who was an excellent personality to be the broadcaster. They bring in Booger McFarland, him and Jason Witten with Joe Tessitore. I mean, that was just absolute train wreck with uh booger with, on the booger mobile if you want to call it that just floating around Monday night football saying maddenisms only it's not as funny as when madden said it it was more endearing when madden said it but with booger it just was not and it just seemed like they're desperate to find somebody to replace gruden now somebody who is not going to get mocked all over twitter but reaching out to sean mcveigh the young wonderkin i guess you can call him as an offensive coach who's going to try to rebuild this rams team in that really talented division that i would not want to be in 
if I was a uh, coach. But, you know, you got to trust in the guy, and hopefully he can kind of reestablish it. But ESPN really going big for people if that report is actually true, which I can't say is surprising. And one more note, which has to do with the New York Giants. It seems like the Giants, reportedly, are interested in signing Graham Gano, and they may do that as early as this week. Now, the Giants obviously let go of Aldrich Rosas after the drunken driving incident, or whatever it was that happened out there in California. And they brought in Chandler Catanzaro, who did not play a snap in 2019, former Jets kicker, former Arizona Cardinals kicker. Now they want to bring in Graham Gano, who also did not play a snap in 2019, but that was due to injury. Now, Graham Gano, I wrote about him recently for Big Blue View, saying, hey, I think the Giants should pursue this guy. He's turning 33 this year, and again, coming off of a knee injury. He was released by the Panthers because he just signed an extension, and then when he was injured, he didn't play at all, obviously, and the replacement, Joey Sly, came in and played excellently. So it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to be released by the Carolina Panthers. But 2018, he made the Pro Bowl, made 96.7% of his kicks, and he made 87.5% of his attempts the year prior to that. So I look at Graham Gano, and I think he's still relatively young. I mean, he's you know about to be 33 years old. That's not terrible, but they're kickers. They can last a while. We've seen the Giants let go of prime kickers way before they should have Matt Bryant, McManus, Brandon McManus for the Denver Broncos. And now these kickers are turning into very effective players. Now the Giants may be able to bring in Graham Gano, who was a cap casualty because he signed a contract, couldn't live up to it because of the injury, and they had a solid replacement. So obviously he's going to be cut. So this could really work out for the Giants. If he comes in here, competes with Chandler Canton Zero, beats him out, and the Giants have somebody who has proven to be really, really good. I mean, he beat the Giants on that 63-yard field goal, which still wants to just forced me to rip my hair out in 2018. He was able to do that. If he could still do that after this knee injury, if he still has the leg power, or the plant power, and all the things that you kind of look for in a kicker, then that's going to be a good move for the New York Giants. Let's see how it materializes. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed this show. Please rate, review, subscribe, and download. Downloads are everything. Please check us out over at Big Blue View. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Falato. That is N-I-C-K-F-A-L-A-T-O. And I hope all of you guys have a lovely day. Talk to you soon. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.